From points across California, you're listening to the Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged. This is the Diz Unplugged Disneyland edition, episode 362 for the week of October 30th, 2014. The Disney Unplugged Disneyland Edition is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, helping you plan the perfect Disney vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello everyone and welcome to the show. I'm your host Tom Bell and I'm joined by our Disneyland team, Nancy Johnson, Mary Jo Malata-Willie, Michael Bowling, and Tony Spatel. In this week's show, our good friend Brian from Mississippi returns for more trip planning advice and we talk about our favorite Disney souvenirs in a segment we recorded live at the Arizona Dismeet. All that plus this week's news, roundtable rapid fire, and our Disboards Thread of the Week on this edition of the Dis Unplugged. Hello, everyone. Hello. Hey. Hey there, hi there, ho there, yeehaw. <laughs> yeehaw, wow. That That's, was the Grand Canyon. <laughs> it was. It was bad. Yeah, yeah. It was spectacular. Now, I mean, which really of you beautiful. Had never been there. Me. You? Okay. Yeah. So it was great. Is it what? everything you hoped for? It was. It was deep. <laughs> <laughs> but it was colorful. It was deep. Um, we walked along and rode along the South Rim. Uh, we saw elk. Yeah, that was so cool. That was. I had never seen elk before. And live, I mean, you know. Right. And Mary Jo saw a squirrel. Yep. A white-tailed squirrel. It was a... Their, which only live at the... Grand yeah. Canyon. Of course. But, no, it was great. The weather was perfect. Uh, you know, we were greeted by a fire alarm going off in the visitor's center. Nice. <laughs> so we went directly down to the Grand Canyon. And it was... And... The, uh, sh- sh- I had never taken the shuttle along the rim before, and it was kind of breezy that day, so in the- when you go in the summertime, it's usually kind of hazy, and here the sky was so clear, and the colors were so clear. I thought. <laughs> Sorry, folks, that is totally unrelated to Disneyland, but <laughs> we were just at the Arizona Dismeet this last weekend, and you know, we all took a, took a side trip to the Grand Canyon. It is it's related, only a six-hour drive. Oh, it's only a six-hour drive, so a day trip. Yeah, round trip. But, How long is it from it Phoenix? Is, it's three hours. Yeah. Oh. But, so but, it like, is okay. re- but it is related to Disneyland, because when you take the ch- train... There you go. ...around, okay. nice. you know, you go through the Grand Canyon <laughs> primeval <laughs> world. Oh, perfect. So there you go. So yeah. I got... It looks, so it looked just like that. Yeah, I was there looking for is, the bullet hole, yeah, and I couldn't find I, it. I, I, <laughs> I was looking for the dinosaurs, but... And there's even a train. There's a Grand Canyon nice. train. Okay. cool. Too. So it was just like a, a little slice of Disneyland right there in Arizona. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> So has everybody recovered from the trip? Nope. nope. Except Nancy. It was, travel was brutal. It was really brutal. Yeah, yeah, for me. yeah. You. Um, <laughs> just want to thank Denise again, Nicole, and all, all the whole team there in Phoenix. Oh my gosh, everybody was fantastic. I got a grand total yeah. for you. It's a little more than Ooh. we thought. One thousand five hundred and forty dollars raised for Give Kids Yay. the World. Good. You know that's a good starting. Yep. You know yes. for a very first Western United States event. It's a good start, but um, let's work to make it even bigger and better next time. I, I, was, I asked Denise when we were there. I'm like, okay, you know, all these people in the room, how many of them are like friends of yours that you brought in? To, she's like, none of them. So it was like just people that listened to us on the podcast and came out. And the yeah. nicest people. I, oh, I yeah. really oh my enjoyed gosh, yeah. meeting everybody. We had met mm-hmm, Denise mm-hmm. before, but everybody else, it was my first time meeting them. Just wanted to Special shout out to Teresa. She's awesome. <laughs> She's fabulous. And and my new friend Sierra. She was she was awesome too. Dave and Sierra, okay. Dave and Busters, that's a place. That was so much fun. Yeah. That was. And there's one not that far away from Disney. I know there's one in Irvine, right? Yep. Is there, yeah, is there there's, one no, closer? there's one in um there's one at the block. Orange? Yeah, there's or one at the block at Oh, the outlets at Orange, excuse me. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And up my way, there's one in Roseville. And for, none for around listeners. me. So. It was a great venue to, to get together. And the mm. I like that we were in that alcove room where the noise from um, the where the action's happening didn't overpower our conversations. Right. That, it was, that was perfect. Yeah. And the food was very good. Oh, my gosh. The buffet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was tasty. And the little game that Denise set up was a lot of fun. Yep. 
she uh, did a they did a matching um, game and they they pinned a character to your back. It was like and Disney you had headbands, to, but it was yes. on your back. Yeah. yeah. And you had to find your you had to find your your character part. Yeah, your counterpart to you, the story that you were yep. in. So who are oh, who I didn't are, know that part. Who are you wearing, Nancy? <laughs> um, I was Prince John. And what was funny was I just randomly guessed. Oh, I couldn't be Sir Hips. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't realize I was anywhere near close because I I kind of got busy and didn't really fully play the game as much as I should have. And. Uh, and, and was very surprised to see how close I actually That is. <laughs> Who were you, Michael? Captain Hook. Oh, that's right. And, oh, yeah, and you found your pan. You were you were funny with your curses, pan. <laughs> and, Tom, who are you? That was Simba. Simba, okay. Who was your counterpart? Uh, it was Scar. I think it was Scar. Justin. Okay. Yes. Yeah, it was. And I was Cinderella. And then... And who was your counterpart? Sierra. She was Lady Tremaine. Ah, so I didn't. And I love the hotel we stayed. at. It was perfect. It was like five minutes from the from the meet Event. itself, Event, yeah. mm-hmm. which was very nice. And it was, I mean, it's it was nicer than I expected for Hampton Inn and Suites. So, oh yeah, it looks like the rooms were completely redone, or it yeah. was a brand new hotel, one yeah. or the other. The yeah. breakfast was very good. Yes. Yeah. And and even when I was um, flying out on Monday, they had a little bag Aww. breakfast. I had to I had to give them the water bottle back. But and it had, um, you know, it had muffin and a pastry crisp and fruit and all that wow. in it. So I ate it while whilst I was waiting, um, you know, for my plane. Yeah, Neat. we stayed at the Hampton yeah. and it was good. The beds were so comfortable. Mm-hmm. But I think your breakfast yeah. was good, Michael Moore, because of the company that you shared that breakfast with. Yeah, those people I met over at the next table were really nice. <laughs> Let's talk about Nicole. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh, okay. I thought you were talking about yourself. Um, yeah, Nicole was was great. She's very nice. Any other less? Any other notes about Arizona? Uh, I I I um want to auction items. Did you? I did. I, one was the Dave Avanzino Tiki Bird uh-huh. print. I was very happy about that. And then and then the the um the baby stuff. The baby stuff because a friend <laughs> of ours had had a baby the day before. Oh, there you go. The meat. So Carol told me, bid on it. Hope they don't listen, and that would be like spoiling the present. (laughs) I'm sure they don't. Well, I don't know. Oh, well. I was trying for the Lasseter wine package. I kept getting outbid on that one, and the Dave Avancino name, 2D name Mm -hmm. um, print, and I kept getting outbid on that. Darn it. I hope the I know. person. I was that really w- hoping you would win the wine, even though I wasn't there, because then you could spin around on a chair. <laughs> <laughs> I know you like that. Hey, that's our secret. <laughs> so, speak, speaking of hotels, I drove by, and the new Spring Hill Suites there at Catella and Harbor is open. The one with the CVS on the bottom, on the ground floor. Oh. So it has a now open sign on it. So I think that's going to have to be my. Next, next review in December, which will be the last one of the year. That was cool. But you won't be able to use the Apple Pay at CVS. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Darn. That's, and that's that's kind of a big CVS that they have over there, right? It lo- at least it um, looks to I me have, like it's a big one. Looks like it's like the yeah, but I mean it's it's great to have it there because it's convenient for oh yeah tourists. That, that area needed something. Yeah. the closest CVS yeah. was a couple miles. Yeah, down the way there. So you don't have to go to to Seven Eleven or any of those or the a- ABC Market or whatever. Right, they just have a better better uh, selection. selection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, there was a one. There was a little something down by the in front of the Target. It wasn't even a full store. Was that a Walgreens or a? I think so, but still, that's still kind of. If I'm going to go that far, I'm yeah, going to go to Target far, yeah. instead of instead yeah, of exactly use my Target card and get my five percent off. But are we? We found sound like we we have a bunch of sponsors: Target, CVS, Dave and Buster's. We do not have yeah, relationships <laughs> with any of these people, but we're really talking a lot about brands. So that being said, I'd like to give a big shout out to. <laughs> <laughs> oh hey Tony, we went to Culver's in Arizona. Okay, One of the places you recommended? Yes, my my cheap fatty food and it was cheap and fatty. <laughs> Thank you. I did. I did. I say it was amazing. No, I said it was cheap and fatty. Like you, you got exactly what you expected. I like I, cheap and fatty. 
I thought <laughs> that's what she said. Yeah. Um, no, I liked the. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I uh, the burger wasn't bad. I got the the um, butter burger. Yeah. I don't know cheddar bacon. And, to me, the um, name. You know how like people will say like I could never eat X because of I know what it is. You know, mm-hmm. like for me, it's. It's going to taste good just because of the name. The name alone, like, I don't care if it's bad because in my head it tastes good. It's the opposite. Butterburger. And I had the Wisconsin cheese curds because people at the meat were raving about them. And they just uh-huh. tasted like mozzarella, fried mozzarella yeah, bites. Yeah, I don't get the cheese curd thing. Yeah. yeah. It's all about the frozen custard. But the, oh, oh, the frozen custard was fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. We had the same one, right, Michael? Go? Well, I no, I think you and Nancy did. Uh, I just got a scoop of vanilla and a scoop of custard because I wanted to taste it in its uh, a, a scoop of chocolate because I wanted to taste it in its purity. Wow. <laughs> I had the salted caramel pumpkin because I wanted to taste the seasoned. Uh, it was awesome. That I it makes that. me never want to go to Dairy Queen again. Once I have that, like it's just so much creamier. And- mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. Good right. for is it, you. Is it better than? Is it better than Joe's Italian Ice custard? It's different. I think so. I think it's different. Okay. I like, but I don't like Joe's Italian Ice is great. But I, if I had a choice of what do you want for dessert, I'd pick that. I'd pick an ice creamy, caramely, something like that over Joe's Italian Ice. But that's just my own personal preference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, Joe's Italian Ice though is so refreshing, and right. and this was creamy and tasty, but I wouldn't call it mm-hmm. refreshing, just yeah. because of the flavors. Oh no, it's not. It's yeah. frozen custard though is always rich. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, growing so up great. in a city where frozen custard yes, is the right. thing, is yeah. But anyway, thanks for the recommendation. That was that was a must do on the way back from the Grand Canyon. So it was. <laughs> and it didn't pull, it didn't put you back more than like six or seven dollars, maybe eight. <laughs> yeah. The last right. time I traveled. We can talk. We're going to talk about this. Tom's not going to edit this. <laughs> I saw, I was in, was I in Missouri? And for work, and I saw a White Castle. I still don't get the big deal about White Castle. Yeah, but whatever, I don't understand I'm White like, Castle I don't at all. It, but I'm like, I got to do it again. Give it another chance. As I've gotten older. So I had just gotten one. And then further down the road, there's a Culver's. I'm like, okay, I got to go to that too. Like, how can I not? Because they're not out here. But yeah, that's kind of my thing. So thank you for, I'm it- glad you guys enjoyed it for what it was. And now Nancy's going to give us the reasons why White Castle he, she's going to give us the history of White Castle I have a feeling. And back in 1932. Yeah. So go ahead. I know you're I can feel it's like, no, a, it's like a kid. I'm just saying it's, they're it's not like a, for every they're not for everybody. We call them whitey one bites. <laughs> you know, I growing up in Missouri, you know. And and if you work there, you come home smelling like onions every single day i worked at pizza hut i came home smelling like pizza every single day wow we should be selling that think of how much we've literally <laughs> promoted every single every, brand yeah is there any brands we haven't um dreams unlimited travel oh yes, you're right yeah you. we might want to name that all one right <laughs> let's do that all right any <laughs> housekeeping guys Speaking of housekeeping, one. if you want a maid that will clean your house, nice. I'm going to do this all show. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> Michael, What, you're available? This. I thought you were offering your services, Tony. Yeah. Well, I, I'm de- we'll see. Maybe to be continued. Ooh, are, will you wear – does that mean you have like a slutty French maid outfit you'll wear? That's extra. I was going to say he, he <laughs> could always work for that topless maid service on the uh... – Michael. All right. For my <laughs> housekeeping, are the rumors about Luigi's flying tires flying off into the sunset true? Are we saying Arrivederci, Luigi? <laughs> Luigi's flying tires is scheduled to close for refurbishment on January 12th, 2015, and scheduled to reopen December 1st, 2015. A very so big date, su- yes. Yeah, so this is adding to the rumors that it's actually going away and being replaced by another attraction. Now, just sort of 
for a bit of history, the Disneyland Flying Saucers floated in a Tomorrowland from 1961 through 1966, and Luigi's Flying Tires bounced into Cars Land on June 15, 2012, and they may de- be deflated even sooner than the Flying Saucers, if the rumors are true. So um, this may be your last opportunity between now and January 12th to ride um, Luigi's Flying Tires. Yeah, there's the 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 um, I saw that on the board, so I called the the number and got all the all the refurbishments and that was on there. But then later, somebody said they called and it was gone and that they had reset it, so it wasn't on there. So it's just confusing at this point. Mm-hmm. But yeah, January twelfth to twelve one, a bunch of other stuff on there too. Soren down from January sixth. Through May 14th. Yeah, and they're saying they're getting the new cameras new and cameras. film. Yep. Um, also, Peter Pan's Flight, January 12th to May 7th. That's a long uh, Splash time. Splash Mountain, January 12th to April 2nd. The rumor is all of the dark rides are going mm-hmm. to be refurbished for the 60th. So think of what they did in oh. Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. If they're- Supposedly, they're all going to get similar um, upgrades. That was a wonderful upgrade. So I'm looking yeah. forward to it. It's going to be... Interesting to see what hell's going to look like. <laughs> oh, come to my wait house. Long, wait long enough, oh. you might be able to find that. It took me a while to realize that they had refurbed um, Little Mermaid like that, too. Mm-hmm. You know, making it darker yeah. and brightening the yeah. colors and stuff like that. Yeah. Last time I wrote it with Lily, it was like, oh my gosh. They filled that? in some of the dead space. That was one of my biggest complaints. When well, they darkened yeah. the Added the black lights. They darkened and, it up. Yeah, darkened yeah. The, yeah, and they added more fish and things like that. And more black light. Under the sea sec- section. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, anybody else have housekeeping? I have yes. a couple, but I'll, and I'll tell um, you after Tony. Go ahead, Tony. So I think that the producer, that's you, um, put up the pictures, but I tried another sandwich because of oh, the Oh, I did about, put up the picture, yeah. Yeah, about the cable car because mm-hmm. it's close to work, so I was able to do it. And again, I'm going to say it. Housekeeping, go to Knott's Berry Farm on a weekday. There's zero people there, so you would have no problem to get on rides and stuff. But um, I tried the pastrami. Okay. And so I tried, and I don't, I don't have it right in front of me, which pastra- pastrami. I got the pastrami sandwich with the sauerkraut, cheese, Swiss cheese, and um, the jalapeno. Chipotle mayo or something, wasn't it? No, there's, it was a jalapeno okay. like mayo. And I put that on the side because to me it didn't fit. Yeah. And um, I just want to say, because I this um, that the jalapeno stuff was really spicy for me, and I didn't even put it on the sandwich. And the sandwich, because they're using garlic bread, doesn't really need any more moisture because it's already kind of moist. Um, I did ask for Thousand Island, trying to make a Reuben, and they didn't have it. Mm-hmm. Um, ah. But the um, the pastrami was really good pastrami. It was that it was moist because you know sometimes it can be dry, and then um, that's opposites. And uh, it's it had some nice caramel caramelization, which I liked. So again, I tried the pastrami sandwich; it was good. I wouldn't put the jalapeno stuff on it, but again, huge sandwiches, and I wasn't disappointed by the sandwich. And I had I tried to I I forced myself to finish it, but I couldn't because there's just so much bread. So I kind of got rid of one of the breads and kind of folded it together so I could just use it with the one bread, you know, low carbs because it's healthy. <laughs> but, yes. Um, but no, I just wanted to mantra? share that. Yeah, I wanted to share that. So sounds like it's a better sandwich than Earl of Sandwich. It's a different sandwich. And I'm I'm not about on a Diz <laughs> podcast to say anything more disparaging about Earl of Sandwich. But it's a totally different experience if you can experience a sandwich. It's just mm-hmm. they're huge. They're kind of greasier because um, they have the garlic bread and everything. Um if I was craving a sand, but sometimes you crave an Earl of Sandwich. It's different. It's different. But okay. um, I just wanted to share the, and I'll probably go next week and get another one and let you guys know on that. <laughs> Excellent. Thanks, Tony. Uh, before Major goes, Major goes, I have one real quick. Um, there's a little change at the turnstiles at Disneyland and California Adventure. The sound? They are no longer, huh? The sound? I don't know. That's not what I noticed. Anyway, they are no longer requiring hand stamps for multi-day tickets. The only time you're going to need a hand stamp stamp is if you have a one-day ticket. Wow. 
and because they're doing the thing right. where they're taking pictures. So they have that. So they no longer need the hand stamp. So they're telling people as they come in, oh, you only need a hand stamp if you oh, have a good. one-day ticket. Okay, well, that makes sense because the pictures yeah, so that they're taking, you know, that when they come through, it's going to show up just like you do for the annual pass. Yeah. All right, Mary Jo, you had housekeeping. Uh, a couple of items. The Doma Theater that our friend Dolph uh, is involved with, their Young Frankenstein production has been extended to the end of November. And uh, I saw on his Facebook that Mel Brooks himself went to yeah. go see the show. Yeah, I so saw that. So that was pretty cool. Oh, cool. That, that, would, that, would, that would be no pressure there. I know, I right? Know, geez. That would have been so cool. But um, for anybody who'd like to go to a local theater... It really is a, a, a fun experience. So for your day six adventures here in the area. And then uh, we've been seeing some posts on the Diz. People have been putting pictures up that the decorations are going up at Disneyland as we speak. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the castle is decorated. Well. Or the snow's up, anyway. So it's kind of interesting to see the the, uh, the pumpkins, you know, the Halloween decorations and the Christmas. Somebody was calling it Halloween-mas, I think it was. Uh, yeah, I have a picture in my in my weekly update this week, and I called it mm-hmm. uh, Merpy yeah. Chris Lewin. <laughs> Merpy Chris. By the way, those so there's frost on the pumpkins. Yes. Well, something right here in in Southern California. Like By the way, those updates are really nice, Tom. I I noticed that you put them on and you put a link on the disboards when they go up. So I like that yep. they're giving us uh, or that you're giving us these weekly updates on what's going on at the mm-hmm. land. That's cool. And then uh, we already mentioned it, but just uh, so everybody knows that this is the last weekend to see Remember Dreams Come True fireworks. Uh, yep. We're going to be going to the holiday spectacular fireworks and then fantasy in the sky come January. And that's while they're preparing for the 60th. So so what do you guys think about this, uh, the potential 60th fireworks show? So in a week, the dream is over. Yeah. Yes. It had a good run. Does, does that mean? Does that mean Julie Andrews doesn't get any more residual checks? <laughs> I mean, she just didn't do that. Maybe she'll narrate the sixtieth. Yeah, that'd be. That'd be awesome. The diamond, diamond jubilee. But th- that's my housekeeping. Okay, thank you. Um, I'll any just throw one in, just because I can. The rock, well, the Rocky Road apple is. Why be left out? Apple, you know, Disneyland oh, always has that great Apple so of the Month for twelve ninety five, and this time it's the Rocky Road, chock full of all kinds of Rocky Roady goodness. Okay. I think. I did go to I, check out um, Whitewater Snacks and had the nachos. They they were about the same size. You know, the small. You know, they had reduced the size already. Um, they were missing the shredded cheese now, so they don't have the shredded cheese. So what cheese. do they give you instead? Oh, the plastic right. cheese. What do they the put the cheese? It's not. It used to be nacho cheese and a little bit and of shredded cheese just for like garnish. Plastic cheese. That's cool. I wonder if you could ask. Like say, oh. hey, I just want. I bet you they would do it for an extra forty cents. <laughs> no, say I don't <laughs> want nacho cheese. I want. Um, shredded it was cheese. never. It was never enough of the shredded cheese to. Yeah, but now just, I'm thinking. Yeah. And say, hey, can you put it under the salamander? I think that's what it's called. <laughs> yeah. That thing. Yeah, and go like make because they're really good nachos. They're just missing a yeah. pe- like a little bit here and there. Do they? Did you check out the Coke Freestyle machine? I did. And it's a Coke Freestyle machine. Yeah, it's really cool. I've never used one of those. Um, also, the nachos are went up a little bit. Of course, it's ten forty nine for the nachos. And do they still? Do oh, the but half they got rid half? of the cheese. I like how that works. Yeah, I know. Do they still do the half and half, half chicken, half beef? If I'm, sh- I didn't check, but I'm sure they do. To me, to me, it seemed like the the toppings and stuff. It was like the same amount of toppings, but there were like fewer chips. Oh. So like, I ended up with like a pool of nacho cheese in the bottom, which really wasn't good eats. So. You think if anything they could add more chips, and I, I'm just saying as a uh, as a restaurant tour, yeah, I would yeah. get rid of the meat. I would get rid of less meat, right, and add more chips. Or guacamole. Oh my gosh, look how huge this spent. is! And chips are cheap, and meats more expensive. Drop the guacamole. That's that's avocados yeah. are pricey. <laughs> and if your restaurant is in need of consulting yes. to fix your menu, Tom and Tony. Yes. There you go. Your new restaurant business. Restaurant improbable. Yep. yep. 
<laughs> I I have another chapter in my our magic band saga oh, yeah? for 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 podcast cruise 5.0. You may if you're if you've been counting the number of magic bands we have just that we have now Carol and I each have a set for our expired premiere passes. Then we have another set for our renewed premiere passes. Then we have a set for our pre-cruise stay at Saratoga Springs. Then another set for our post-cruise stay at Saratoga at um I'm sorry it was a pre-cruises Old Key West. Then another set post-cruise at Saratoga Springs. Well, we were on the waiting list for DVC at Grand Floridian. Whilst we were in Arizona, <laughs> we got notification that we made it into the Grand Floridian. Another set. So guess what we're getting? Uh, yet another fans. set of magic How do you keep them straight? For the Grand Floridian. They're all the same. It doesn't matter. You don't have to keep them straight. Yeah. And people wonder Is why it... tickets are so expensive. Yeah, Jeez. isn't that nuts? They're yeah. just—they're interchangeable. It's just whatever matches your outfit for the day. Yeah. So really, Tom, right. that's how you choose your. Well, I'm for Mary Jo. Yeah, because because okay. I don't know because I've never um, used them, but it just seems silly to me that they send so I many. Know. I know there should be one magic band to rule them right. all, and you can get and, another one if you lose. And them. you yeah. know, and it all your database changes. Your database changes, but the one magic band ties into that database. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. They, they all have the same number on them. So yeah, we it's have to crazy. The they all connect to your. And for some reason, Disney Parks has trouble with technology. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of podcast cruise five if you are going, we will be there. We hope to see you there. Um, if you haven't yet signed up for pre and post night stays, time is running out on that. Yeah, I know. Also, I the transfers. You want to do thanks that? For reminding me. And uh, sign up for your credentials so, so you can get into all the events, including the concert with Jody Benson, which we've heard is going to be the first C day. So, oh, and or, and yeah. if you're, yeah, yeah, but she won't be under the sea. She'll no, be on the sea. Yes. I remember the on the ship the, when we um, <laughs> saw her at her other concert, and mm-hmm. she was singing songs from other artists. So her voice. Mm-hmm characterization would be a long line of those other artists and so i was just thinking oh okay well she sounds good and then she sang her songs and what i one of the things i really liked is the way she mm-hmm. transformed when she uh was singing it was just fantastic fantastic concert and that she tailored it to our particular group she'll probably do the same thing um right. this time she's just my, my favorite was when she was singing songs from beauty and the beast i will let, I, I won't tell the story because i want if she tells the same story, I don't want to right. spoil it. But that was my favorite. Yeah, and she sounded just like Paige O'Hara. Yes, that was that was amazing. Paige O'Hara doing. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, now I just spoiled. But I'm okay. really looking forward um, to hearing her concert. Beautiful lady inside yeah. and out. It'll be mm-hmm. great. Also, don't forget about the Royal Caribbean Alaska cruise with the Disney Dreams Unlimited Travel. That's June 12th of 2015 it- on the Jewel of the Seas. I know I, everybody's getting Oh my gosh, yeah. I got a round trip from LAX booked? for 220 on Alaska. Talk about 220. 220. If you're willing to go a little bit early and stay this a little is- bit later um, and make an actual vacation out of it, um, yeah, there's some really good airfare to find. And for a family of four, that's. Yeah, mine cost uh, $259. So, so, yeah. That's awesome. And I, and I'm I'm four hours closer. Yet mine's going to cost like well, four hundred dollars. So. No, you don't connect. You go straight up yeah, to no, Seattle. Exactly. I don't have to connect. No, but it's still yeah, it's still out of Podunk Fresno International Air Quotes Airport. Um, if you want to get a hold of us, you can email us at dlpodcast at wdwinfo.com. and of course, links to anything we talk about is on disunplug.com. Just click on the link for the particular show you are listening to, and we'll have all the links to. All the topics we discuss. Any other housekeeping? No? Good. Okay, over to Tony with the news. Disney has pumped money into the recent, recent future Anaheim election. Disney, yeah, (laughs) Disney Corporation has contributed $518,204 to political action committees that back two candidates for Anaheim City Council who support a proposed streetcar line that would take people to two Disney theme parks. 
That's a jump from 2012 when Disney spent about 340000 on Anaheim politics in the forms of contributions to PACs and individual campaigns. Disney could contribute more in this cycle before the November 4th election. The PAC funded by Disney paid for mailers and street signs supporting Gail Eastman and Chris Murray in their campaigns for re-election to the city council. At least one Disney-supported PAC spent $136,000 on campaign ads against two challengers, Jose Moreno and James Vanderbilt, according to campaign records. In addition to donating to the PACs, records show that Disney gave the maximum $1,900 in individual contributions to Maureen Eastman. Disney donated the same to Mayor Tom Tate and to one of his opponents, Councilwoman <laughs> Lucille Kring. Yeah, but really it's the ones they want for the streetcar. If you look from the outside, a $600,000 investment from Disney is nothing for a multi-million dollar trolley system that lands on your front door. Lewis, a person said, I'm trying to edit as I read. So, as somebody said, important. Um, Murray and Eastman support the streetcar Moreno and Vanderbilt oppose it, hence why they gave the money. A Disney spokeswoman said the company generally supports pro-business candidates and declined to talk about the streetcar. Yeah, pro-business. They Mm -hmm. want their streetcar. Disneyland Resort has been part of this community for almost 60 years and continues to make significant investments in Anaheim. Betsy Sanchez. It's the second time. I need to check and see where where, where my friend is. Yeah, Betsy Sanchez, a Disneyland Resort spokeswoman, wrote in an email. We believe it is important to Anaheim's future to support organizations and candidates who support business growth and the continued development of the resort district, which help ensure a strong local economy and vibrant community. Mayor Tate said Disney officials have told him that they are neutral about right. the proposed streetcar. Yeah, exactly. Still, Tate was critical of Disney's spending in Anaheim politics. Anaheim has a city budget of about $259 million. In 2013, Disney posted sales of about $45 billion. I don't think it's healthy for one business to spend such an enormous amount of money in a municipal election, he said. Vanderbilt and Moreno both said the Disney money is a huge hurdle to their campaigns. It's disappointing that a company that prides itself on the underdog characters in its movies and promoting happiness and unity has its money going to PACs that promote fear and scare tactics on the residents of Anaheim, Moreno said. Councilwoman Murray and Eastman declined to comment on Disney money backing their political campaigns, I don't vote on who spends the most money on me, Eastman said. People who know me know that. On top of supporting candidates, campaign records show Disney gave 40, over $41,000 to the Committee for District Election, whatever that is. Yes, on measures L and M. If measure L is approved, city council members would be elected by district and not at large. Measure M calls for expanding the council from four to six members, plus a mayor by 2016. Disney has given to at least three PACs to funnel its support for Murray and Eastman. So, they're always putting their, nothing. getting their, getting their, throwing their money out there, and yeah, it's interesting because Anaheim's a big city with this huge business, but they seem to, but they're also this little, yeah, city well, yeah, small city council and all this infighting and yeah, it's like, interesting. Well, it's one like thing small I town do know, here's my little. Well, but what's interesting too is little. I'm going to be Nancy and give you a little history on Anaheim there as best go. I can from living here and working in Anaheim is Anaheim is this huge city that ex- that extends. So Anaheim Hills where there's million dollar homes, which is literally like a half hour away from Disneyland with no traffic on the freeway is still considered wow. the city of Anaheim. I didn't realize that. So that's Anaheim Hills. Yeah, that's still yeah, it's the same. It is. It's, if you drive over there, it's the same. It's, I mean, basically where the 91 freeway almost as you're right. heading to Corona and as it's not that far away from the 15, right up to Yorba Linda, right. you're still in Anaheim, which is weird. Like it's so far away, even though you pass through other cities. So there's all that, that um, upper class money there, which is still considered Anaheim. And then you've got the resort district and then kind of where I teach, which is West Anaheim, which isn't the greatest part of town. And they're in needs of stuff. And then there's that where a lot of the workers for Disneyland actually live. And then there's that, you know, issues of poverty and, you know, needing to bring in businesses and stuff. And it's really interesting. And I've heard from people that basically Disney runs, obviously, the city council and does all that. But it's just a a really interesting – it's like this big city with the three different kind of areas, but it's not. It's really a – 
yeah. strange place. Cool. There we go. And in less exciting, more Troubling? Yeah. frightening news, not scary farm workers were supposed, uh, supposedly assaulted, berated, and fondled woman, according to a lawsuit recently filed. A male not scary farm employee standing in water injured a female visitor's hand and finger, splashed water on her, and berated her verbally before another wearing a diaper pushed up against her, fondled her, intertwined his fingers with hers, and asked, do you want to play, according to her lawsuit against the Buena Park theme park. I've got to say this name. When, when John Liu filed the lawsuit Wednesday in Los Angeles, at, on a given Wednesday at some point in the history of time, in Los Angeles Superior Court against Knott's Berry Farm and its owner, Cedar Fair Management, alleging assault, sexual battery, negligence, intentional infliction of emotional distress, and false imprisonment. She is speaking on specified damages. Knott's could not be reached <laughs> for comment. Yes. Luo visited the park on October 26, 2013, when she was confronted by the first staffer in the second room of a Knott's Berry Farm maze. According to her complaint, which claims he grabbed her right hand, banged it on a metal pole, and then pressed both of her hands against the pole, injuring one of her wrists. The suit also alleges Lou's right index finger was cut and that the assault and inappropriate language yelled at her left her feeling, in quotes, humiliated and shocked. The confrontation with the second male worker happened in the maze's third room, according to the suit, which claims she pleaded with him to stop, especially during the alleged fondling. Crying, she was pulled away by someone else passing through the attraction, her complaint states. Have we ever heard any stories like this before? No, that's what actually I was going to say. Like, tell me you're on the same page. I'm surprised I've not heard of, like, this doesn't, they don't have lawsuits or complaints all the time. Because I, you would think it's such an interactive and, like, I could see this happen. Not, I'm not saying that I believe that knots would do things, but, but you're dealing with people, scaring people and touching people. And I think I'm surprised but, there hasn't no, been more lawsuits. Uh, they're not allowed to touch. Or more complaints. I know. I'm still okay. So I know they're not allowed, but I'm surprised there's not. This is the first time I've ever heard of this. Like you'd think accidentally they would do something. You know what I mean? Like if you're like I'm thinking. I'm surprised we haven't had a lawsuit where someone you know screams out at someone, then that person like jumps back and then hits their head on something. You know things like that. I've never done it, but I just I'm surprised this is the first time we've ever heard of anything like this. Uh, I don't know. It sounds no like she wants money. Uh, you know, but how can you totally dismiss it? Because you know, you never, you just never know what happens sometimes. And I mean, frankly, I'm surprised it doesn't happen more. I, I'm surprised See, it doesn't happen more because more you know, if you put the, the wrong person in that sense of empowerment over people, mm-hmm. um, and and you get the wrong person. I mean, I don't know. I think people who who do scare zones no, I, have to be ex- they have to be extremely particular in choosing their cast. Mm-hmm. They do. I agree with you, and I think I'm totally Nancy. I'm totally with you. I'm gonna share a little personal story, somewhat related. So, I for when I was in college a little bit, I used to play with my friends roller hockey, and I could barely skate or whatever. But you put those extra like six inches on my height. Okay, I know you might think I'm a jerk, but whatever. I became much more aggressive. Yeah. I had a stick in my – like I I would always have to apologize after the game. Like, sorry, guys. I don't know what – like – and so I could – you're giving – I agree with you. I think you don't know who these people are and then – I mean they're making minimum wage probably or you know a little bit more. Not saying that they're not – they're all bad or anything like that. But I'm surprised it doesn't happen more because you're now you're giving them, like you said, the empowerment. They get to scare. That's part of the – they're playing this character, so it's not really them. And then it's it's the adrenaline and the – yeah, I'm so, really surprised I've, we haven't heard more about this. I'm not saying that it's rampant. Obviously, it isn't because NOS does a good job. But I'm just surprised numbers-wise we don't hear once one of these like every couple of years. And sometimes I think people are just too scared to say anything if it does happen. <laughs> If somebody does lose control in a maze, I don't know. It's just not my thing. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the the it surprises me that it did happen. Um, I mean, knots they have they have people that return year yeah. after year as 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 um as 
performers in the maces. Yeah. They, you know, a lot of their cast is repeat, and I, I, I don't know. I think they're very careful. I, I would think well, they would and be very who's careful. Who's to say about these were repeat? Who they bring in people? No, I'm just saying that the the right. caliber that of no, but I'm just saying have. who's to say these were people that didn't work out and they didn't hire them back. Yeah, I we're mean, doing a lot of speculation. All of us, but. Anyway, it's, it's a scene. shame that if something like that happened, it's a real crying shame that it did. Because no one should ever feel and, that. And, and if nothing happened, then it's even yeah. more of a shame that she's. And, and how do you, how do you so we'll prove it? That um, far after the fact. I know. Is there video? That far after the fact with people in costume and masks. Well, and... if she can describe the rooms, they can pin yeah. down the employee to the room. Not necessarily because they they probably have two two or three employees playing the same right, but character. room time and night—that's a simple matter of just shifting. A year later, well, really? you still have shifting records. You have to keep oh, all your maybe. you have to keep your employee you know your employee work schedule records for how many years? Yes, CSI, CSI Buena Park. So. <laughs> all right, thank that's you, Tony. Time for rapid fire, Michael. All right. Well, November is another exciting month at the Walt Disney Family Museum. Um, the film of the month actually is pretty exciting. It's Disney and World War II, their animated shorts that they produced during that time, all the propaganda films, things that are rarely seen. So that would be really interesting. I'm sure that is to coincide with Veterans Day. A uh, little open studio is fun with fall and the it doesn't really go into detail what that is. It's just they're doing something that's fall related. Open studio continuing with the stop motion animation where you can make your own figure and then a um, little mini stop motion animation film. And that's throughout the month. The spotlight talks, they revolve around what one of the presentations is during the month. And I'm going to mispronounce this person's name, but it's on the Schultheis notebook. Um, Herman Schultheis was a technician at the Walt Disney Studios, and he created a notebook that was full of all the special effects wizardry um, from the early days of the Walt Disney Studios. So this is a scrapbook that's filled with photographs, diagrams, written descriptions, demonstrating the experimental and collaborative um, nature of the studio during the making of, of Fantasia and Pinocchio. And the display... Of this book is huge, and the display of it um, is at, that they have at the studio. You can, or at the museum, you can actually go through it because it's they have it digitally recreated. So you can thumb through the book, you can, uh, you know, zoom in on sections that you want to, and all that. It's wonderfully detailed. So what you can do is um, during these spotlight talks throughout the month um, on weekends, they're going to talk about the notebook and the um, impact that it had on the entertainment world. Um, also, there's a couple of special programs. On Saturday, November 8th, it, this, there's a full-day program from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m., a day of space at the Walt Disney Family Museum. This is in collaboration with the American Institute of Aeronautics and Astronautics in conjunction with the Bay Area Science Festival, um, scientists and Disney historians discuss and demonstrate Walt's influence on the space age with his Man in Space television series. And this, if you haven't seen this series, it was one of the first um, segments on the Disneyland television show. And this, uh, Werner von Braun was one of the consultants. Ward Kimball was a real space um he was really interested in space and UFOs. And so he worked really hard on this. And this was so, this, th these films are so ahead of their time that actually our government watched wow. them as when our space program was in its infancy. And you can even see the inspiration for things like the Saturn V rocket and even for our space shuttle. That's in the these films, thing ever. so the government watching. this That's this would be a really fun program to attend. Uh, starting on the thirteenth, it's a brand new um, special exhibit at the Walt Disney Family Museum. It's all aboard a celebration of Walt's trains, and so this is all about um, 
Walt's love for trains, the history of trains in, you know, in Walt's life and how it influenced um, films and the theme parks. So there's a couple of special members-only previews of the exhibit on the 11th and the 12th. Um, let's see, a couple of other things. In conjunction with that, on the 15th, there's a special talk. I've been working on the railroad, Imagineering Walt's Trains, and you can find out what it's like to conceive, design, and build and test a Disney Park Railroad according to Walt's visions. At this talk, you can hear stories behind the Big Thunder Mountain Railroad, the Lily Bell Parlor Car, and the Wildlife Express train. And this is going to um, be hosted by Tony Baxter, Joel Fritsch, and Ray Spencer, and Michael Campbell, president of the Carrollwood Pacific Historical Society, will moderate um, the discussion. So that should be really good um, for all you train buffs out there. And um, let's see, another open studio is a miniature diorama, diorama train that will be playing in the second half of the month that you can attend. And it's what you're thankful for. This is inspired by Walt's fascination with trains and miniatures. Um, what you can do is you can um, create a display of what you're most thankful for within a small diorama and connect your unique creation to others to form a miniature diorama train that will tour through the Learning Center. So that should be a lot of fun. And then there is one other um, spotlight talk, and that is on the Lost Notebook that I told you about. This is um, hosted by author and Academy Award-winning animation director and designer John Canemaker. Um, it's a discussion of, again, of this, uh, of the book the Lost Notebook that I told you about. He relates a discovery of the technician's long-hidden scrapbook of behind-the-scenes special effects wizardry and ingenuity of, ingenuity of early Disney films. He also wrote a book on this, so this is uh, the, the book is going to be um, you know, presented at the Walt Disney Family Museum, and this is on Saturday, November 2nd. Again, that should be really fascinating for film, um, you know, film historians and film buffs. And that's pretty much it for November at the Walt Disney Family Museum. So head on out and enjoy a beautiful autumn day in San Francisco and learn a little more about Walt. Awesome. Thank you, Michael. Uh, Mary Jo. Well, we've heard earlier this year that Chef Marcel St. Pierre moved from Club 33 over to Steakhouse 55 at the Disneyland Hotel. And he's been working all year to upgrade the menu over there. And who's the chef at Club 33 now, Nancy? Oh, I don't know. I, I got no ins at 33, man. Oh, uh, it's Andrew Sutton. Go ahead. Oh, Sorry. is he? <laughs> maybe Sorry, maybe that's your maybe that's your in, Nancy, my friend. Yeah, there you go. You're my favorite podcaster, Nancy. Um, <laughs> Wait, you, you told me that over <laughs> oh, the Oh, I did, didn't I? Oops. She's so fickle. <laughs> fickle is a pickle. Um, you're all my favorites. Um, anyway, so, so he's, uh, been working with the manager and sommelier, Brian Van Amber, to recreate the menu. And there's a lot of the favorites that are there, but everything has been, uh, touched up. So some of the menu choices that they have now is the, um, you know, their classic cuts of meat, which is the filet mignon, bone-in ribeye, which is so good. Their New York, um, strip prime rib, porterhouse, etc. But these cuts um, now have a special twist, like the hickory molasses rub on the New York Strip. They have the king salmon, which is crusted with fava bean and rye. Lamb chops are roasted with garlic, dust, and peppercorn. And each cut of beef is um, garnished with roasted bone marrow with a tiny fork for scooping out the rich center, topped with lemon gremolata. And some of the other things that they have is, you know, they have the Baltimore crab cake, filet mignon, like I said, the slow roasted prime rib. And they have a tiger prawn served with a new, a new Bloody Mary cocktail sauce, shallot mignonet, and lemon gelée. The new pan roasted pork belly appetizer comes with a truffle mascarpone, green apple, and pickled black kale. Chef Marcel is, um, especially proud, they say, is the of the new smoked filet mignon tatar. And I, I'm really looking forward to trying this. This is a tatar that arrives tableside under a crystal dome. 
And when the dome is lifted, there's an aroma of smoke as the dish is gently tossed tableside with mustard, aioli, and cage-free egg yolk. Mm. Then it's served with the shaved rye croutons. Sounds amazing. Um, they have a new appetizer, which is ratatouille meatballs, which is made of finely chopped mushrooms, lentils, carrots, celery, onions, and little breadcrumbs. And these meatballs are served with zucchini spaghetti, vegan bolognese, and a shave of parmesan. And if you are a vegan, just request no parmesan, and that's perfect uh, vegan food for you. The Hearts of Romaine uh, is their version of the classic Caesar with Castle Vetrano olives from Italy. Crispy bacon, lardons, and Caesar dressing. They also have their famous French soup, French onion soup, um, which now has uh, cream and chicken stock served with grilled onions and California Munster cheese focaccia. Oh, so, man, they messed up the soup. You know, but he's he's really talented, and and the food that they're going to have there just it's it's a nice change to the to their favorites. You know, and they have their truffled mac and cheese, flash fried spinach, which uh, is a little bit different than the spinach uh, cream, this cream spinach that we've been getting in the past. But it, there are nice changes to the menu. Um, the dessert, uh, they still have their 24-layer chocolate cake, um, but they now have a spiced pumpkin gelato and roca, which is almond butter crunch toffee. Oh, my gosh, that sounds good. Um, and they also have an apple butter cake. If anybody has gone to California Pizza ch- uh, Kitchen and tried their um, butter cakes over there, this has a little extra with the apple butter on it. And it's served right out of the oven with a scoop of bourbon ice cream and a side of cream anglaise. Ooh, bourbon ice cream. Right? Or you could try the banana mascarpone cheesecake with caramel glaze, honey dipped pecans, and butterscotch sauce. So the new three-course Steakhouse 55 Chef's tasting is $55 or $85 with wine pairings. And you can start with the 55 salad, which is ruby ruby beets and feta cheese with apricot, granola, and citrus vinaigrette. Braised short rib bourguignon bourguignon Bourguignon. with roasted. Okay, thank you. I knew you'd help me there, Nancy. Thank you. I like bourguignon. With. Oh, it's good. With roasted root vegetables and finished with creme brulee served with pear marmalade, mm. candied bacon, madeleine, and cranberry compote. Um, the new menu sounds amazing here. So I think we should go as a team and try it out. Yes. I'll have the king salmon with fava beans, Clarice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. That was like a creepy ending. <laughs> I want to hear you. I want to hear you order. We need to end the show right there. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I will go next. Um, Knott's Berry Farm continues its tradition of honoring uh, the men and women who have served and are serving the U.S. military with free admission during its 25th annual military tribute. Uh, Free admission offer applies to all U.S. veterans retired. Uh, all U.S. veterans, retired, and active personnel, military personnel, and one guest. Um, and that takes place from November 2nd through January 4th. Uh, if you need additional tickets, you can purchase up to six additional tickets. From November twenty uh, November 2nd through the 21st, they'll cost you $24. Uh, November 22nd through January 4th, so the holidays, they'll cost you $29. And you can just if you are, if it's just you and your spouse, or, or you and a guest, you don't even have to go to the ticket booth. Just go straight to the um, turnstiles, and they will let you in with your uh, proper identification. So, and very soon, I'm sure we'll see the um, the uh, tributes for or the the days for. Um, Law enforcement, which usually happens around the same time as the military tribute days. Not quite as long of a, a window, but that happens, I think, usually uh, Thanksgiving through January. So we'll, I will let you know when that comes up. Um, I love that Knott's does this and honors the military this way. So it's very, very cool. And like I said, this is the 25th year. So, All right, Nancy. Okay. So if you can't get enough of Dapper Days... 
I've got another event for you, and it just so happens to be going on this Sunday. And, Tom, I sent you a link to put in the show notes. And it is sponsored by Pinup Girl Clothing, which is one of my favorite places to go for modern retro clothing. Um, if you, you know, can't find vintage clothing in your size, they go all the way up to, like, 4X, I think. Um, so they're, they make amazing stuff. Um, but they're having their, uh, their second annual, um, pinup parade in the park on Sunday, November 2nd. And it goes from 9am to 9pm. And you need to register on their website in order to get their swag bag and participate in their, um, in their Disney trivia quiz and their Disney bounding contest on Instagram. Um, but it looks like a lot of fun. Their schedule, they're going to have meetups at 10 a.m. at Sleeping Beauty Castle with a photo op, uh, 1 o'clock at the Haunted Mansion, 4 o'clock at Pirates, at 6 p.m. at the Main Street Railroad. Um, and that's, it just sounds like a really good time. It sounds like a really good time. It's kind of like a mini dapper day, um, just for this particular company. But, um, I, absolutely adore them. They were the ones who got me set up for last Dapper Day. So, and they, they're just up the street from me, as a matter of fact, is their, um, their only retail shop. So, so yeah, pinupgirlclothing.com and we have no affiliation with them other than I love them. So, yeah, and you're, okay. you had a really cute outfit from this. Oh my so. God. And they have a whole bunch of suggestions on their page for like different Disney bounding outfits. As well as their own line of, like, fantasy clothing. Um, they have, like, um, a dress that has a print that looks like um, a carriage weaving up to Cinderella's castle. They have another one that has a coach and horses. Uh, they just have, um, they have a whole line called Fairy Tale Fantasy. And then they also have just some fun other outfits where you could Disney bound and stay in that Dapper Days kind of style. So very, very cute. Very cute. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, Nancy. Uh, Tony. Okay. We have a brand new thing for the 60th. Okay. Which is called Wednesdays with Walt. Cool. You can take a nostalgic trip back to the past with Walt Disney as your guide every Wednesday starting November 5th. And your pass holders will get a chance to step into the Opera House at Town Square, Main Street, USA, and get a unique glimpse into the creative genius of Walt while enjoying highlights from the Disneyland television How series. Fun. So now that yeah, now that the Disneyland Resort is about to celebrate its 60th anniversary, pass holders are invited to look back on the history of Disney through this wondrous time capsule while simultaneously looking forward to many more years of magic. Beginning Wednesday, November 5th through July 22nd, 2015, except for Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve, three screenings will occur per event date. For 45-minute shows, screenings will be at 5, 6, and 7 p.m. For 65-minute shows, screenings will be at 4.30, 6, and 7.30 p.m. Schedules are subject to change. It will be in the Opera House at Town Square, Main Street, USA. Pass holders can register for a day screening beginning at noon by presenting their valid AP to a cast member at the Opera House. Guests will choose their preferred showtime, subject to availability, and will receive a wristband corresponding to the show selected. Wristbands are valid only for the assigned screening time. The Opera House will open to registered APs with valid event wristbands 30 minutes prior to the start of each screening. It will remain open until the show time or until the theater has reached capacity, whichever occurs first. Once the presentation has begun, late arrivals will not be accommodated. A photo ID may be required upon registration. Registration and wristband distribution for each day's event will begin at noon. To that... Um, registration and distribution of event wristbands will continue while event wristband supplies, supplies last, space limited. Each AP must present their active AP to the event cast member to check event availability and to register and receive an event wristband. Registration must be completed in person at Main Street USA Opera House That's on the day of the event only. No phone. Yeah, I know. No phone reservations or other registration will be accepted. It's an all-ages event. However, all participating guests ages three and older must be valid annual pass holders on the day of oh, the wow. event. Children under three may attend the screening as long as there's space available. It's recommended that all members of your party register together. And you can always talk to the AP member services team at 714-781-PASS. And there's even more fine print 
about the wristbands and additional information. And but that's on the Disneyland blog. Very so, cool. There you go. Thank you, Tony. Sounds like a lot of fun. Wednesday though. Yeah, I know. Interesting. I don't think I'm ever there on a Wednesday. That's why those events are so successful in controlling the crowds is because who comes on, you know, it's impossible for us to get down there in a weekday. Well, plus the the traffic Mm -hmm. is kind of crazy. All right. That will do it for rapid fire time for our thread of the week, Mary Jo. So this week's thread comes from Taz Scrapper. And I think that's Taz Scrapper, not Taz Crapper. Um, <laughs> you, know. you don't know that. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't, we also have that thing too going this week, right? Um, been on the Diz since January of 2008, lives in Utah, and Taz Scrapper writes, any tricks for ordering at eating places? I was just wondering what tips and tricks people have used ordering at different restaurants. I'm going through the menus and I remember reading a post where someone mentioned you can order just meatballs at the Boardwalk Pizza and Pasta in DCA. I've never done that, so don't quote me on it. Two things I have ordered different than what the menu offers are Flo's Roast Beef Dinner with Double Mashed Potatoes instead of Vegetables. I know they changed the menu there, but heard that they still let you order the Double Mashed Potatoes. Anywhere they sell corn dogs, you can just get the corn dog without the potato chips or apples, and it's a little bit cheaper. Also, you can ask for butter for rolls or bread bowls at different places. Does anyone else have any knowledge of off-menu things you can do or order? So I wanted to go around California and ask you guys, when you go to either a counter service anywhere at the Disneyland Resort or at the um, or a restaurant, have you ever ordered something that's not on the menu and been able to get it? And I'll start with Nancy because I know you have one. What other than the butter for the bread bowls? Um, well, and and also you order the soup. Oh yeah, the ordering the soup the separate. Yeah, from the bread bowls, but that's about it. Other than that, I'm pretty boring. <laughs> well, I think that's a good tip because what yeah. you do is you you have the soup delivered in the in. A bowl instead of the bread. You also right, get so the I don't bread have to have soggy around. bread that I'm not going to eat. Yeah, and then you get butter, and then your girls have snacks when they want to munch on something. Yeah. I think that's a fantastic tip. Uh, what about you, Tom? Do you have any anything you order that's different? Um, okay, so we've talked a little bit about the nachos, where you can get the beef and the chicken at Whitewater Snacks. Um, not anything special, but like when I go to uh, um, um, a Paradise Garden Grill, I will have them leave off the the cucumber salad, and they'll get they'll give you double rice, double oh, peel off. That's good to know. Yeah, so you can get the you can get have them leave off the the because I don't like the cucumber salad with all the peppers and stuff in it, and I just get extra rice. Cool, which is, makes it really filling. I bet, but. And there you go. If, if, and you get your carbs for your all that walking yeah, exactly. you do at the parks. Mm-hmm. What about you, Michael? Anything you and Carol get that's different? Hmm. Trying to think. Uh, maybe in some of the restaurants in downtown Disney, I might ask them to leave something off. Um, but there's nothing in particular. I know once in a while, if Carol doesn't care for something on the adult main menu, she will ask if she could have like maybe like the strip steak or whatever it might be from like the child's menu and then they will make it into an adult you know entree and 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 so otherwise i can't really think of anything i mean i do what nancy does i'll get butter for the bread bowl or something like that but i didn't think that was anything a lot of people don't know about it so i think it's it's a good tip Mm -hmm. Thank you. Tony, what about you? Do you do anything different? Not that I can think of, like Michael, but I do always with desserts will try to make it my own. Like, okay, extra hot fudge or... Oh, the important stuff. I know it said, <laughs> like the Sunday, yeah, because you know, like the Sundays, it'll be a certain menu type, but then I'll try to adjust it according to what I want. So, like I'll put, like, make my own Sunday uh-huh. kind of thing, and they'll do it. So, oh, give, give me this ice cream instead of this, and then add this and this, and they don't like it, but because of my maintenance, but I'll do it. <laughs> they, they, they do the extra. Oh, I think I sort of thought of something. If you're getting one of the collector, uh, you know, um, 
popcorn buckets like Dumbo or, you know, one of the Halloween ones, uh, you can get the popcorn like on the side in a oh. regular, you, you know, popcorn so it won't be all cardboard greasy. container. So that, yeah, so that, yeah, you don't have the popcorn dust inside of it, inside of your collector's popcorn, you know. That's a good bucket. idea. I know that when we've gone to the Big Thunder Mountain uh, barbecue, when I've gone with Tom, and his son loves, his West loves the drumsticks. He's been able to just mm-hmm. order just the drumsticks. And I thought that was a cool, rather than just ordering, you know, more chicken or more ribs, it was specific. So I thought that was good. When I go to Plaza Inn, um, some people order double mashed potatoes because their mashed potatoes are so good with the fried chicken. I tend to mm-hmm. order double um, green beans because I think the green beans oh, okay. that they serve are really good over there. And they, they'll do that. Um, so they'll they'll replace the green beans with more mashed potatoes. Yeah. Mm. What what will they? Um, can you order double fried chicken? <laughs> well, okay. So somebody, okay, Giselle, who's a regular on the board, she said that she once asked at the Plaza Inn, Governor, may I have a bit more in her best British accent? And they gave her at no extra charge another piece of chicken and more mashed potatoes. So, um, wow. I guess if you get a cast member in a good mood and you amuse them. Then um, they, you just might get a little bit of extra. I, I tend to, to ask that they not give me more chicken, and they tend me, they tell me that it's the same price, and I tell them that's okay. I just don't want to throw the chicken away because it's too much food for me. But um, yeah, some people ask for the double mashed potatoes instead of the green beans. So I know you'd like that, Tom. Yeah, they went. Well, the green beans are good though. Uh, I think they taste really, really yummy. Yeah, over there. So um, there's some other options that are. Diz Borders have um, offered on this particular thread. And if you would like to read them or if you have any yourself, um, it's called Any Tricks for Ordering at the Eating Places, and we'll have a link in our show notes. Excellent. And again, that show notes page is disunplugged.com. Thank you, folks, for joining me this week. That is going to do it for the segment of the Diz Unplugged. Be sure to catch all of our other Disneyland shows this week. And of course, we'll be back again with you next week. Until then, remember. Disneyland is always more magical when it's shared. Thanks for listening. Trick or treat!